Greetings to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Cruz. And as an ambassador of the Kingdom of God, I'm so honored and excited to be with you again, as it is the will of the King, both politically and spiritually, because we represent a government that is the Kingdom of God. Welcome. Welcome, welcome again. Thank you for tuning in and joining this podcast. I do not take any ear for granted. And uh, I uphold my responsibility as I'm presenting the word unto you. Know that I'm seeking God to ensure that I'm not given any false hope, false interpretation or my own opinions. So just be assured of that as a listener. And if you don't mind, please, if you know someone who can utilize the word from this perspective, please share, 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 because we can't build a kingdom by being selfish characters and not sharing the word. Even if you don't believe they won't listen, give them the opportunity to because God's word is powerful. And when it touches the ear, it reaches the heart and the word itself does powerful things, you know, so we don't need to to do anything special. We don't need to say anything special. We just need to regurgitate what's written. That's all. And let the power of God do his wonders with the heart of men. But I, I hope you guys had a uh, a wonderful uh, Christmas and enjoying your family and friends and and spending time with Jesus and, and giving thanks unto him, because that's that's the real meaning. You know, I know we utilize a lot of pagan rituals as far as Christmas trees and all that stuff. And, you know, it's it it, it, it has a place. Not really, but it does especially for kids, you know, and, and it brings joy in different ways. And, and that joy is an unspeakable joy, right? I mean, it's because of Jesus that that joy is even there. Now, there may be some people who don't acknowledge him, but even without Christmas, they don't acknowledge him anyway. So, you know, we don't know who those people are. And, and if you do, then you just know them. And you just hope that they find Christ. Right. So, I mean, I think is, you know, for like our daughter, Abigail, uh, I think I, I I don't know if I shared it, but she was uh, I asked her, hey, what 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 color is, is Santa Claus? Says that uh, because she had a, a she has a brown Santa Claus, you know, black Santa Claus. And and we we have a mixed household. Um because my wife is is, is is Caucasian, right? So she, uh, I said, Man, I thought Santa Claus was was white, and and Abigail says this. She's three. She says, "Well, no, Santa Claus is all colors. So is Jesus. He's all colors, and so is God. He's all colors. So that right there." Is teaching, right? That's understanding at three, because 
God has already written it on her heart. It's my job as a father to affirm it, to bring it out and to teach it so she can understand it. Right. So uh, that's a that was just extra. You can take that one how you how you please. But we're going to continue this uh, this conversation of, of mental health suffering through trials. Right. And uh, I think last podcast we ended up I was talking about the actual um, vision verse that God gives me every year. And, you know, he um, in 2022, he gave me Ecclesiastes four and nine, which are, you know, which stated two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor for either, either one of them falls. Will one be uh, lift him up as a companion, but woe to the one who falls and there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they would keep warm. But how can one be warm? And if one can be overpowered. Him who is alone, two can resist him. And a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. So the focus verse of that was. um, Verse 12 was and, you know, one can be overpowered alone but two can resist him and a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. And that's where, you know, God told me as the leader of the home that I needed to ensure that we focus on incorporating him into our marriage. And that's what we focused on last year. And we didn't know why. And I didn't know why until August 24th hit of 22, right? So it's like we get the the uh, the, the uh, diagnosis that she has brain cancer, size of a tumor, was the uh, size of a surface of a tennis ball. So we go through surgery. You know, I kind of mentioned that story. And then uh, in December of last year, you know, he gives me another word. You know, I'm still in the word, even though we're going through a lot of stuff. I still had to I'm still going through word. Right. Uh, probably wasn't in it as much as I'm, I am now, but I still had daily, you know, talks with God for sure. And then I was in the word. So he gave me uh, for 2023, he gave me. First Peter five and 10, which was 10 is the focus verse. But I always go ahead, you know, before the word, the focus verse. And I read and study that along with, you know, the main verse that he gives. So we're going to start back in first Peter five and six. And this is our vision for 2023. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, 
firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accompanied by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to be his dominion forever and ever. Amen. Right. So when I saw that um, and I was like, okay, well, he's saying that suffering is going to end next year. Right. So I, I'm looking at that verse beginning of la- of this year and I'm, I'm saying that mentally. So I'm, I'm like, OK, well, that sounds good there and, and resist, resist the devil and, and stay firm in our faith. So we understood what that meant, you know, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished, uh, accomplished by brethren who are in the world. So basically what he's saying is, hey, what you're going through, somebody else has gone through it, too. Um, He didn't put in there what, you know, what the outcome was going to be. But he did say, basically. Be of good cheer. There's other people who's gone through this before. What you're experiencing is nothing new. Right. So basically. I took that verse and I kind of did my research like I normally do. And then I, I came up with, you know, one of the key words that stuck out to me was therefore humble yourselves. Well, you know, I see that word all the time. So I took time to. Say humble. So because it says humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time right so if I'm not following the word then I can't expect God to operate the way that the word says right I can't expect to get the promise of God which is in verse 10 you know to be perfected confirmed strengthened and established if I haven't done some of the prerequisites that he's he's requiring of me so I go back there and I say, okay, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What's that mean? So when I looked that up, biblically, I found some of these things. It says marks of humility. It says the willingness, one, the uh, marks of humility, the willingness to perform the lowest and littlest service for Jesus sake. I was like, hmm. So that just means I need to whatever God asked me to do, no matter how dumb I may think it is or, you know, I need to humble myself. And basically, you know, it took me back. I had did a little mini podcast earlier this week and it it said that when and during the time of Jesus, when he was here on earth, when when people were serving, you wanted to know if they were a servant. They had a garment that they would wrap around them. They would gird themselves or clothe themselves with the garment and wrap themselves around uh, their waist to let you know that they were servants. And, you know, performing, you know, and Jesus did that when he washed the feet of the disciples. You know, that was one of the lowest things you can probably do is wash somebody's feet in those times. Right. So 
Um, but you had to be clean before you ate. So instead of having servants do that, Jesus himself did that for the disciples. So for me and today's, uh, you know, is this is a new attest. This is a New Testament epistle. So it's telling me that I need to do the same thing. And then uh, the next thing it says, uh, a mark of humility is being having consciousness of your own inability to do anything apart from God. You know, I know we all think we're smart. You know, we have lots of we've gone through different experiences and all that stuff. But, you know, when you do it apart from God, it's totally different from when you do it. So best believe if you you take the wheel and you want to drive. God's not going to interrupt you and say, hey, you came to me. No, he's not going to do that. He's just going to let you drive. So your choice is your choice. You know, and sometimes, you know, I've learned that whenever I've made the choice and I decide to do things without him. uh, It may seem like, man, this was a good choice. I did the right thing in the beginning, but it's not it's not the immediate action that or, you know, that's being affected. It's the future outcome that's being affected. And God knows the beginning from the end and he he works backwards he works from the end back to the beginning and he's pulling us to go towards the end so that's why we can't do anything apart from God another mark of humility is the willingness to be ignored of men so we have to be able to to distance from people Especially when it's not going on the path that you're supposed to be going, that God is leading you to through this trial. Um, so that's pretty self-explanatory. And then the last one it says is uh, not so much self-hating or deprecation as self-forgetfulness and being truly other-centered instead of self-centered. So this is another mark of humility is being is being that. So, you know, it says, so now that I know that. Now he's telling me, excuse me, now he's telling me. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, I am in therapy right now. You know, I've been seeing a Christian therapist, meaning that this therapist is a believer And when they give me feedback, you know, you still give me clinical feedback, but you have to back it up with some scripture or with some truth from God. And and that's that's just affirming that, you know, you're not giving me something that's that's unreal. So um, as as I'm I'm seeing this uh, therapist. You know, so he's he's been helping me walk through some of this stuff that I've been dealing with when it comes to to grief. Right. And I've learned that. Grief is not just someone dying, you know, that's typically what we we grieve from. And and that's 
that's heavy grief alone itself, right? But there's all kind of grief, you know, and, and right now I'm grieving like my me and my wife's relationship. I mean, we're not at each other's throats, but it's like there's things in our relationship of a marriage relationship that that have, have taken a, a back seat. You know, well, everything has taken a back seat through the marriage. So uh, I have to make sure I stay kingdom minded so that the enemy doesn't try to sneak in behind me and 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 get me to do things that aren't right. Right. So I have to to give all those things to him. But when I I brought up this that my therapist, he gave me a, a little assessment probably about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. And when he finished the assessment, he was like, man, this is um, this is this is odd. He was like. After we go through all this, your anxiety level is zero, but I see the depression side of of everything increasing here a little bit. He's like, can you explain that? And I paused a little bit and I got to thinking, I was like, no anxiety, but my depression is, I was like, well, the only thing I can think of is my faith. He was like, I see that. He was like, and that's one thing that you, that I've noticed in the year that I've been around you and seeing you is that you're consistent in your faith. And my faith has kept kept my anxiety down but my flesh has kept my depression high. Right. And that's what I got from that. And I was just like, man, why is that? Well, that's because our flesh wants something. And we think that we should have it because that's the selfish part of us. Right. But. That's not what God want us to, to focus on. He want us to, you know, turn everything over to him. And be sober in spirit, be alert when we do that. He says, because your adversary, the devil, he's going to he's going to look to devour you during this time. So you need to be aware of that. And and you want to please me. Meaning God, you have to ensure that you are aware that your flesh is going to fight you. You're going to be without a lot of things during this time that you think that you should have as a father, as a husband, as a co-worker. And you're not going to get those things. So I need you to cast everything on me. I'm like, man, OK. So. I'm doing that. And I know that other people are experiencing this in the world. But I don't know. At this time, anyone that has a wife who has brain cancer and has a toddler and has a job, a a, a three-year-old daughter, not just a toddler, but a three-year-old daughter who, you know, I do 100% things for. You know, my wife, she's functional. She still does things, but I'm, I'm the caregiver. So until we go back to being, you know, I'm not caregiver anymore and we go back to husband and wife, split roles, all those different things, then then that rhetoric will change. 
right? So then I get to verse 10, and it says, After you have suffered a little while, God of all grace, who will call you to eternal glory in Christ, will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So I'm thinking, man, okay, well, after this year, it'll be done. Well, we started chemo. Uh, she had 31 rounds of radiation in November of last year, October, November of last year. Stopped that in December and then in January picked up chemo regiment. So that was once every six weeks we would go to Oklahoma City and get chemo done. And she would be in the chair for about six hours. I mean, they would flush her system out and she was taking three different chemo drugs. You know, one was in the IV and then the other other one was where pills and um, or I think it was two IV and then one pills. Either way, it was three different uh, drugs and we would be there in Oklahoma City pretty much the whole day and then come back home. Right. So we did that once every six weeks for six times. They wanted her to do eight, but she made it to six and um, they cut. They cut it to six because of all of the, you know, she lost 70% of her hearing. So now she has hearing aids, right? So the chemo is a tough drug. I mean, it's, it's taking her blood work down low. Um, they're at severe levels right now. Still today, they're still at severe levels and they're not decreasing, but they're not increasing. So her platelets, Red blood cells, white blood cells, uh, hemoglobin are all low, you know, and then plus she has a kidney disease now from from the uh, uh, the chemo. Right. So there's there's a lot of things going on in her body and she she just stays in this constant state of of tiredness, sleepiness and all that stuff. Right. And it's like. I read this verse now. Here it is. We're going into 2024. And it says, after a little while, you have suffered all grace, God of all grace, until eternal glory, we perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Right? I'm just like, man, did that occur? But actually, it did. It just didn't occur the way that we wanted it to. Or how we thought it was going to look. Because we thought, okay, she was done with chemo probably about a month or two ago. And her symptoms are still like the same as before surgery. Or, you know, so those things are still going on. And we're wondering, where is the expected in? And... This is why mental health for me is is tough because it's like, man, I got to keep going now. You know, I, you know, you try to look for indicators where things are going to change and go back to normal. Right. But I, we, we right now we have a new normal. Our faith hasn't given up because we still see God's hand in everything 
each week, you know. So it's not like we're not seeing from him, seeing God's hand move in our lives or any of that. Um, but mentally, as as a human, you know, we've we've reached our limit. We've reached the capacity. We, we have a capacity, a limit that we reach. And then we start faltering. Right. And that's that's where your faith. Depending on on God and his guidance. To send you the things you need, the right people, you know, even doctors and the mental health doctors, the, the psychologists, the therapists, you know, I'm seeing one now. And then Abigail, we've had to take her to do play therapy, you know, and I'll, I'll share some of that testimony as well. But right now she's in therapy because of the trauma from, you know, all of this. I mean, she's three now and mom had surgery right before she turned two. So it's like all of her her year as a two year old has been surrounded by appointments with mom, radiation appointments she was able to go to. She couldn't go to chemo appointments, so we had to put her in daycare. And it was, there was just a long thing, long list of things that that has occurred, you know, that people don't, that you normally don't think about, but that's that's happened. So at an early age, I'm having to make sure that I get her help so that she's, she doesn't, you know, stray too far away into uh, herself dealing with things as a young kid. So mental health is important and understanding what help you need to get is important. You know, I don't know what works for you or works for everybody, but what I'm doing is God is leading me to share this story along with his word because I follow the word and my stories match up with what he's telling me. Right. So Mental health is linked to both the body and the mind and the spirit. And this is where I said that we have also biblical examples of this. And I mentioned last week that we would talk about Elijah and we're going to have to save that one for next week. But uh, Elijah chapter 19 is what we're going to focus on. And, and God had put that in my spirit to study. uh about two or three weeks ago, and it's it's helped me. Uh, it's given me good uh, good guidance, along with what I I gave earlier this week was something that helped me as well. It gave me good guidance, and you know, I, and I had I had a friend from from back home, a brother from back home, call me on Christmas, and one of the things he said stuck with me, and he said, "Brother, who?" He says, you are one of the sheep. And he says, you left, you know, because he's living in Fort Worth. He was like, you left, you left out. But, you know, us here, if you're a sheep and you're not going back, we can't hear you. And basically what he was saying is, if you don't call and tell somebody what you're going through, they won't know. They can't hear you. 
if you're quiet. And man, that touched my heart so bad. I mean, we both ended up, you know, two grown men. You can tell on the phone that, you know, tears was dropping. And I, I felt this. I felt his heart. I felt his spirit when he said it because he's a jokester. And when he said that to me, he wasn't joking. And I was like, man, I know you're not joking. I, I understand. I just just hadn't called. He was like, man, but you need to call. You got to say something. You got to bat. You're a sheep. You got to bat so that you can get the help you need. And I was like, well, I, I have been. He was like, no. I'm talking about brothers that you know, that you, you've you been with, you know, and I, I have a long history of brothers back in Fort Worth from the church I attended. And, you know, I was around a lot of brothers for eight, nine years straight, and we served in the kingdom heavy, you know, I mean, every Sunday, 52 Sundays a week, and I think I only miss maybe one, two Sundays. I missed one Sunday because of my mom's, well, actually I didn't even miss that Sunday. My mom's funeral was, uh, she passed on a Sunday I left during the middle of church. Uh, and then her funeral was on a Saturday, so I made it back to church to, to do set up and breakdown that following at, right after her funeral. And people were like, man, how can you be here at church? And I was like, man, it's it's bigger than me. Right. And even then I understood that. I was grieving, but I grieved different because I knew that she was going home to be with the king. And when she said to me before she passed away, Mama's going to be all right. I understood. I thought she was going to come back in the physical and be all right. But she told me exactly what she told me because she knew she was going to be all right in the kingdom. And that was a shocker to me because I was like, man, I was praying to God, but he was like, she's healed. I healed her of sin so that she can be here with me. And I'm just like, oh. a lot of us don't want to hear that, but that is what it is. That's the that's our God. That's our father. Being a father, being a king. Being a comforter all at the same time. Right. So uh, we will get into Elijah next week. And, you know, God dealt with Elijah. In the same way he's dealing with in my situation. Right. And I and I'll, I'll share those similarities but it's not it's not the similarities because I, I don't want you to think I'm injecting myself into the Elijah story. But what it is, is the Bible is the constitution of where we can go and see anything that happened previously in the lives of, of someone else and how it was taken care of and how it was handled then. Is the same thing we is a roadmap for us today to follow the Lord. So that's why I, I, I stay connected to my to my constitution and my Bible so that I can hear from the Lord and follow the roadmap that other people did. And 
and then also hear what the Lord has has written for guidance. And when I read that and I study that and I meditate on that, then it helps me. Even when I'm struggling, I still feel help because if I wake up the next morning and I still have the will to push to go to work, to get baby up, to go to daycare, to get mom up, you know, she wakes up on her alarm, but making sure that, you know, she's able to function to go throughout her day and then, you know, go through all that, come home and do it and and keep moving then I know the favor of God is on my life and he's working in my life to confirm, as he said in verse 10 here, to himself, he will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish, right? And there's so much there in just those four words, you know, maybe we'll take some time and kind of break that down so you can understand how I break down the scripture for that. And then, um, and, and how I implement it. And then hopefully maybe next week I'll share with you the, the verse that he's given me already for next year. And just based on the connection that I have right now with my relationship with God, the verse that he gave me for next year is I don't know if he's concerned about it. I'm sure he's always concerned about what we think and he doesn't want to lose anybody, right? He doesn't want to lose any of his kids. He doesn't want to lose you who's listening new listeners. He doesn't want to lose you unbelievers He wants to gain you and he doesn't want to lose you. He wants to add you into the kingdom. So he's called all of us. It's written on our hearts. But there's only going to be a few that's going to say yes. But if something touched your heart today, and I hope that you're able to say yes to the kingdom of God, this is what I call for you. You know, just this is the, the the affirmation call of the call of God into your life. And it's so important if you don't know that you're going to heaven. If you can't say that you're going to go to heaven right now, if you were to die, as as my pastor uh, back home would say, if you know that. If you go in to die and you don't know if you're going to go to heaven, please say this after me, you know. So if you have ears to hear the call of God at this moment and he's asked you to be willing to submit to him and become a part of the kingdom, then repeat this confession after me. I confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shall be saved. That's Romans 10 and 9. And if you said this with a deep personal conviction without reservation, that Jesus is sovereign over me and everything I have in my life, this phrase includes repenting from sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to him as Lord. This is the volitional element of faith. And if you said that confession, I just 
I'm so excited for you and uh, share with me in the comments or just share with somebody that you accepted the Lord as your savior. And until next week, kingdom citizens, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Blessings.